Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest, well-informed friends. Which is us! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Happy Tuesday, guys. So today we're going to talk about what we're going to do with these Republicans now that they've accepted the election result. Uh, And then we'll discuss some ethics around lawmakers getting priority for the vaccine. Fun. Well, I'm sure we're going to solve both those problems. (laughs) Yeah. We, listen, this podcast is going to (laughs) solve all these problems. Well, something... (laughs) I forgot to mention this on a recent episode, but Elise, we had a recent episode with Caitlin where Caitlin out of nowhere quoted uh, Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural yes. address very randomly. I mean, we love it. That's what Caitlin's yes. here for. <laughs> yeah, that's why and, we have Caitlin. <laughs> and then within days, former President Barack Obama recommended that people read the same second inaugural address and consider well, it in the context of current times. That's very interesting because as we all know, Caitlin reviewed former President Barack Obama's book for the Boston Globe. So maybe true. Maybe he's on his radar. He's listening to the podcast. Hi, Barry. Hi, Barry. (laughs) Hey, Barry. I'm more interested. Does Sasha Obama listen? Because that's who I want to listen to Betches. Oh, my God. If Sasha Obama listened... That Sasha would be Obama epic. and I once had the same sweater. It was a, a sweater with <gasps> oh pandas on from Elise. Urban Outfitters. I want to do a Sasha Obama aside because I've been thinking about her a lot before we get started. Yes. She's- Sasha is amazing. She's yes. recently resurfaced in mm-hmm. some TikToks that mm-hmm. her friends post and some gorgeous photos. Mm-hmm. I noticed that these pictures come out and then everybody shares the pictures like, let her live. She's fine. And I'm like, maybe, maybe if we just didn't share the, the amazing pictures of her, if we just privately enjoyed them and thought what an amazing young woman and didn't share them and post them everywhere, we could, yeah. we, the girl could enjoy her privacy. I don't know. It's, it, it reminds me of when you go on Twitter and you see a hashtag that's like hashtag MAGA forever, but it's all just people being like the MAGA forever hashtag sucks when you mm. go on it. And then it's like, okay, but you're the reason this hashtag is trending is because you guys are all using it. I kind of feel like, well, okay, I have not a different opinion, but I feel like um, maybe other people are seeing people hating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Obama girls got a lot of shit when they were in, you know, and I feel like right now, like because of social media, there's like a kind of body type, a kind of body, a kind of physical aesthetic, like ethnically ambiguous, like black, you know, it's like we're Mm -hmm. celebrating black women's black women's bodies. So it's, it's really, and then, so then this like trend is happening and then also 
we're seeing these girls that are growing up for me it's like this intersection of like these women like this body type this these women that we see are beautiful and like also knowing like this is sasha obama and also like political stuff like we don't associate like no one's lusting over the bush twins or whatever like in this way (laughs) and then seeing sasha like on tiktok with acrylic nails like blah 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 Mm -hmm. at parties doing things that normal teens do like in a way that Tiffany is not, in a way that Eva, you know, so it is like, yes, let her live, whatever. But it is also super fascinating for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because she goes to Michigan. She doesn't yeah. go to an Ivy. Like she goes, she's just like really trying to be as normal as possible. So I just think it's fascinating. I kind of like that too. I like her sort of a- aggressive normalness. And yes. as you said that, Elise, I, I specifically noticed yesterday as I saw people really reacting to people reacting to her that I honestly got to say, I didn't see that much of people be like, Sasha Obama is being inappropriate. What is she doing? All I saw was people tweeting, don't you dare come for Sasha Obama, which is, <laughs> which is accurate. But I guess maybe I would have had a different reaction to it if, if people had been celebrating like the way you did, Millie. Like it is really cool that this was the former president's daughter and she's like just in TikToks dancing with acrylic nails at college living her life. There is like a representation element about it that's, that's cool. It just seems ironic when people with millions of followers are like, let Sasha live. And then you post private photos of her. She did not consent to being released. I feel like what I see a lot on my Twitter is people thirsting after her. Like there's a lot of memes of like, she's hot, but you know, she got shooters on Avery's. And then also I am seeing people, I did see a whole discourse about acrylic nails and people are like, Oh, people, women with acrylic nails are ghetto. And like Sasha Obama has them. So like whatever. And then I have them. So it's like, obviously they're like the most amazing thing ever, but it's just cool to see that discourse around a former president's daughter. Okay, uh, you yeah. know what? I just did write um, Sasha Obama into Twitter, and the first tweet that came up was a white woman saying that she looks thotty. So it's ha- it actually is bad. Okay, yeah. I think I'm going to take back my opinion and say we should all flood tr- Twitter and defend <laughs> Sasha <Yeah>. Obama. <laughs> she we actually shares defend. it's it's a very funny post. She shared an objectively gorgeous picture of Sasha Obama looking stunning with a bathing suit. Um. N- Oh, yes. Yes. In a bathing suit. (laughs) Looking fucking amazing. And she says, um, honestly, I'm not even going to read it because it's actually racist. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, it was the first thing that popped up. So based on my my brief investigation, we actually do need to be defending Sasha Obama. Yeah. I'm going to come back around to that. I'm glad we had this conversation. Also, yeah, it's not like good this happened in real time. And you know it's what? also not like we're not solving. We're not going to solve no. the Republicans. We did solve. <laughs> we're not going to solve the Republicans on this podcast. We did solve the social Obama debacle. We did. We, we did. We did. We can. We did. Live and- on air. Minds were changed. Investigations were had. New information was presented. This New is the conversation. This is yes, the future. I, yeah. I'm now going to post the, the pictures of Malia drinking underage on on Betcha Sup and <laughs> yeah, say we yeah. condone. We right. But it's true because it, this this is just her looking cute. It's not like yeah, I'm maybe misapplying the let people live. It's not like let Hunter Biden live. Like he was doing drugs and sleeping with his dead brother's wife. Like but that was what? interesting. You know no, I, oh my I god, I'm on such that. a reaction. I, I, we can't, we can't even get into, we can't even get into that. But I, um, I, I don't stand that Hunter Biden did that. But I, 
I think that that's more common than we realize with people I, who are grieving. True. Yes. Honestly, um, Hunter, I, you know what it is? Every family's messy. Every <laughs> single family. If the crown taught us nothing, every single family is that's messy. True. And if everybody blew, you know, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, he's like, everyone's mm-hmm. family did has some stuff like mm-hmm. that going on. Oh, yeah. And Mary um, on uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is married to her step grandpa. A step grandpa, honey. She's married to her step grandpa and, li- and living her life. And they have a son. <laughs> and they have a son. Weird. Gross. But you, but you know what I mean? But also, yeah, Hunter Biden is a whole other thing. I can right. Those him. things I think are empirically <laughs> fine, but you could see how Republicans could frame oh, yeah, them. It's yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to do with Sasha Obama just being yeah, well, Rudy Giuliani married his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> he married his oh. cousin. And his Old daughter cousin. hates him. Well, cousin, last side note, did either of you guys watch uh, Murder on Middle Beach? Yes. Mm, no, should I? But as I we were saying, it, no. okay, but as you've gotten to the part that you just made me think of, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which is basically like every family's weird and has got some shit and nothing explains people's actions. So let people live. Yes. In conclusion. In <laughs> conclusion, let's begin the podcast. <laughs> this is well, part two of the podcast. <laughs> listen, we solved so much. We, we did. did. We can. I mean, now I really, now I really hope Obama was listening. Barack Obama. (laughs) He is. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So yesterday, Joe Biden officially secured the 306 electoral votes. We already knew he'd won. This unleashed, yay, he won again. This unleashed a long-delayed chorus of packet-in folks from congressional Republicans who, these have been coming up in drips, but yesterday was sort of the most forceful, like, say, face the music. It's over. It has been over. Well-wishers included Mitch McConnell and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Let's listen to a quick clip of Mitch McConnell this morning. Yesterday, electors met in all 50 states. So as of this morning, our country has officially a president-elect and a vice president-elect. Many millions of us had hoped the presidential election would yield a different result. But our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January the 20th. The Electoral College has spoken. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The President-elect is no stranger to the Senate 
He's devoted himself to public service for many years. I also want to congratulate the Vice President-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. Beyond our differences, all Americans can take pride that our nation has a female Vice President-elect for the very first time. I hate him. Yeah, I mean, anytime I hear him speak, I'm just like, even though I'm like, okay, I guess this is a good clip of him. I'm like, fuck you, man. No, he I mean, even it was the like, last minute yeah, to, to say I know. anything. Like, I also saw the said, headline that was like, said Mitch McConnell, quote, electoral, the Electoral College has spoken. So like, oh, maybe that sounds like a forceful soundbite. And then I listened, like, the Electoral College has spoken. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, like it's saying, yeah, like, ugh, like he's doing it because he has to. I don't know. Yeah, so he, he still him. has the Senate, so he can still. I mean, early voting has started in Georgia. We I know. Pretty I'm good like, about maybe that, not but. for long. Let's let's hope. But um, I'm not in the mood to like give any accolades to the Republicans who are coming forward now because their silence and their complicity in the stuff Trump has been doing has undermined our democracy so much and like what has happened with our election and what trump has been allowed to do and the way that they have kind of pussyfooted around these fraud claims it's like we're going to be seeing damage from that for a long time into the biden administration and i have no doubt that joe biden's getting inaugurated on the 20th i'm not worried about that But I am concerned about the effects of an election that's been contested in this way. And I know there are reasonable Republicans who like see this for what it is. But we now have like a a portion of these angry psychos who think the election was rigged. And we know that Donald Trump's not going to stop inflaming that. Ever. And so ever. And so what does it mean for us to basically have a weird shadow president like back in the day when there would be like two popes and they would be like, no, the pope that's in France is actually the real pope. Like we that was always bad. That always ended really, really bad when there were two popes. Even <laughs> two presidents. There are countries we've condemned because two people claim to be president. And yeah, it's not good to have another person who's like low-key saying that they're actually the president and you're right he won't stop because it's his whole brand his whole future financial future depends on him having this brand and the only thing left to fuel that brand is threatening another run it really like it really messes with my conscience (laughs) like republicans because like you know i do believe in transformative justice and like, I don't believe that jail and prison is the answer and there's no, you know, rehabilitation, whatever. But I'm just like, these people are so evil. Like, and also like, I, you know, my fundamental philosophy is that like, there's good in everybody and everybody, you know, every human being deserves the right, you know, to obviously to live, but you know, to like, think freely and all this stuff. But I'm just like, these people are so evil. And you know, I want them to get the consequences or their actions. Like, not only did this whole election thing threaten people's lives, like the governor of, of Michigan, mm-hmm. and, you know, people were getting death threats, like people, just regular poll workers were getting death yeah. threats, and, and and their lives were in danger, and, all, and they did not do anything. And not only that, like, that's bad enough, but then 300,000 people are dead yes. for no reason for incompetence and they didn't order like 
these people are ter- so it's just like i don't know what an appropriate and then it's hard to know that the people that can like um it feels like the people that can like uh, hold them accountable are being very light or like oh whatever you know it doesn't feel like they're doing enough so it just like really it's like well what does it feel like what feels like an appropriate thing for the punishment for these people who really don't think they did anything wrong yeah or like even worse, they think they're allowed to do things that are wrong because they perceive themselves to be special in some kind of way. Like, I think that Donald Trump very much ascribes to kind of like this Nixonian thinking of like, if I do it, it's not wrong because I'm the president and I'm special and I'm this rich (laughs) genius. And he's convinced everybody of that too. But that's how he sees himself. And so I think that like, these people have a legitimate superiority complex in their mind where they think that the things that they do aren't wrong simply by virtue of the fact that they're the ones that are doing them. Yeah. What is so disturbing about it is that 66% of Republicans say that Trump's challenges to the election actually helped American democracy instead of hurt it. So these, these elected officials don't have any incentive or motivation structure to change. And that's what freaks me out is that we're just going to have to like, live with this mm. i mean yeah. i think every day every day a couple times a day i'm like oh my god 70 million people voted for trump yeah what the fuck well, are we gonna do that's crazy yeah there like is this-, this is this how every election goes now like now it's just a free-for-all of like at the end of like every election's gonna be contested mm-hmm. and like i you know one of the the scary thought to me is like, what if Trump had had some kind of thing like Florida in 2000 where there mm. actually was a question like the butterfly ballots or whatever? Like, what if there was even one legitimately questionable or usable thing? That's really scary. And if mm. we're setting this precedent of like challenging legitimate elections by every single legal avenue possible, one day someone's gonna have one you know Mm -hmm. we've seen it in our lifetime that's literally what george w bush was able to do and like it it's really it's it's an alarming precedent to think that now we're gonna have elections that are because 2000s a little different because there were questions and things got a little crazy there but like now there are going to be elections that are legitimate by all standards but Republicans are just going to or maybe even Democrats, like maybe it'll become a wide practice, which is also bad, are just going to challenge anything. And maybe you'll get a win in court, you know? Yeah, I was thinking that, too. It's like you put a really funny tweet in the newsletter today. That's we all just got used to the fact that the election lasts for a month and there are all these crazy steps. And is that how it's always going to be where Mm. we vote on one day and then we just expect there's going to be a month of wavering? But like you said, at least so much can happen in that month. And there are so many routes. I mean, the Republicans today keep saying, or in yesterday, Trump, he had all of these remedies and he exhausted them. It's like there were too many options. Yeah. We should not have had that many options where we spent a month doing this. And that, you know, obviously if things, I don't like to bring up this like comparison too much because I don't think it's always useful. But in this particular election and like attempt to overturn situation, it's just pretty pretty wild to think about it if it had been the other way around and if Barack Obama Mm -hmm. was trying to he would be in prison 
Yeah. He'd be in been executed. I Yeah, like somebody would have tried to do something. What I or thought if was Hillary interesting- had done it in 2016 mm-hmm. if she had launched totally. like a bunch of cuz I mean she had there was like legitimate Russian interference things. He had lost the popular vote. Like what if she tried to launch legal challenges yeah. in and get votes thrown out in Wisconsin to change the elect like the election? They would I mean it never would have flown. But I think for me, something that I thought was interesting was this um, politician in New Jersey, Bill Pasquale, or mm-hmm. um, I think pronouncing his name wrong. Um, but he 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 passed a bill that was basically like any Republican that that um, you know helped certify or like pushed against this, which is like 126 of them, they shouldn't be allowed to serve in Congress. Like if they don't believe it, you know. And I know I feel like he knew that it wasn't going to pass or whatever, but like. That's kind of the energy that we need. Yeah. Of like, oh, you think this is all a scam? That you know, and it's just so okay. Crazy. Yeah. Then like, you don't get to be here yeah. if you don't even believe in the foundation of what we're doing. Yeah, and it's also so crazy when you, because it's like, okay, so Mitch McConnell won his fair and square, right? Like his elections fair and square, mm-hmm. and all these other Republicans won. But but Joe Biden did it. You know, there's just so many holes. Yeah, it's like if you're saying that we have to if that the that Joe Biden's election was wrong, then we have to redo the whole thing, the whole thing, even the aspects of it that were really good for Republicans, like Republicans hung on to Senate seats. They had no business hanging on to and made gains in the House. Like it makes no sense that the election would be like that's why it would be rigged but if you're legitimately arguing that everything that all the ballots are wrong then all the ballots are wrong and you're saying we have to redo the entire thing and you know just it just makes me so sad because it's like really this is what we're fighting for we don't have a second stimulus restaurants are closing left and right in this Mm -hmm. country like so food bank lines like all this shit mm-hmm. like we are the re- mail is still fucked up the mail's still fucked mail. up like we are <gasps> still like really so it's not like we have nothing else to talk about and all these all these funds like states have no money like and they have to spend it on recounting votes and like doing all these things in court it's just like so that's what makes that's like what makes me so angry and it's yeah just, like, and there are people who are like this is good for democracy and it's like Really? Two thirds of Republicans. Yeah, I think, like you said that, you know, they wrote the letter saying don't seat these members of Congress. And I think Democrats have to be better at doing those like symbolic moves Mm. because Trump dropped like a dozen insane executive orders that he was never going to be able to implement in his whole administration. And even and and we had to take them seriously because they were so cruel and like scary. But I don't think Democrats are as good at being like, well, would that really happen? Probably not. So maybe we shouldn't even like bother. The one time I think they did a good job was when they were um, the confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. The likelihood that oh, that Obamacare case is going to go in a bad way. Maybe feel free to disagree with me. It seems pretty low. It does seem like that yeah. element is quite severable, um, that, that the law can stand up. That seems to have like a pretty clear legal answer. But I, I appreciate that Democrats took the whole entire time to talk about the Affordable Care Act overall and how, hmm. because we know we have all this time on TV and this is attached to the ACA and we know Republicans want to get rid of the ACA somehow. So why not take all of that airtime to focus on this? And I thought it was effective because we were never not going to see Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I would love... I've always said that I would love to see Democrats play fucking hardball and do some shit and be assholes about some stuff. And it would be nice to be like, hey, you like, I don't know. We're not going to seat you because you like yeah. you said play the games. election wasn't play legit. Games. Play Fuck more them. games. Be petty about yeah, it. Yeah, That's what that's like the you know, and that ultimately is uh, just to bring it back to the, you know, the criticism of like Michelle Obama and they go low and, and when they go low, we go high. It's just like, they're going so low. Like if we go, it, we can't go so high that it looks like we're not even in touch. Right. With mm-hmm. what we're, they're doing, which, you know, it, it's tough though, because it's like, you don't want them to dominate the conversation. You want to actually get stuff done, you, but mm-hmm. yeah, damn, no. you cannot ignore this. I think we have to, Democrats need to be like a season one Real Housewife and you have to just take every opportunity you have to blow shit up and bring attention to yourself. Yes. Even if it's like really just going to last 42 minutes and nobody cares in the end and it might come up again at the reunion. Just do it. Yes. Absolutely. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I wanted to shift into, so we're, we're not much closer to getting a spending bill, but we do have some details. Elise, I swear we don't talk about this on every show, but every show you're on, we're like, and Elise is like, yeah, I don't see it happening. Yeah, every time I'm just like, I don't know, I don't think they're going to pass it. Still hasn't happened. So where we're at today is that it looks like Republicans and Democrats in Congress are making some compromises on their respective sticking points. So the sticking points for each corporate liability protections for Republicans and funding for local and state governments for Democrats, they look increasingly unlikely that there'll be an any big bill we might get before the end of the year. Note that corporate liability protections will likely result in deaths and state and local funding will allow cities to coordinate vaccination Jeez. programs to stop deaths. It's, so <laughs> up. it's like, okay, Like, I just I can't when it's like so Democrats are fighting for states and cities to be able to have enough money to distribute the vaccine and Republicans are fighting for corporations to be able to kill 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 their employees. It's like it's calm. It's ridiculous. 
It's absurd. Like there was a time when debates would be like, well, Republicans want a tax deduction of such and such. And Democrats actually want a tax increase of such and such. And this is like, I mean, it's unbelievable. No, I miss getting mad about charter school waivers. Yes. Charter schools are terrible and they should (laughs) like, they are awful. We don't even have the time. I wish that was what made me the most mad. Yeah. Oh my God. We can't Those Republicans and their charter schools. And I was like, those Republicans and their death wishes yeah and it's just so like yes democrats need to be making a bigger point of this like this is crazy and the state and local governments it's just like how are we going to distribute these vaccines how are we going to pay people and like actually republicans are defunding the police like that is (laughs) the crazy thing they are not paying they are defunding the police the joke's on us. Wow. The, like, Democrats are all like, we Say can't that. defund the police. We can't defund the... And they are not paying police with the <laughs> state, like, the, withholding state aid. So that's, like, that's, that's a thing, funny. you know? It's like, yeah. oh, gosh. It's Terrible. so, why wouldn't you want to give money to the states and cities so they can... It just... And to hold yeah. it up in exchange. So what we've been talking about for the show is, okay, these Republicans are evil, these ones yeah. and these elected positions. Evil. They've proven that. They've had many opportunities to prove otherwise. Um, and a lot of their supporters don't seem to see what we see when we look at their actions. So thinking about this corporate, we saw in this election that the support for Trump and Republicans, some of it was motivated by small business owners and people that just were like, I have no livelihood. I need to get back to my job. I think there were a lot of one issue voters. And I, I'm starting to have the sense that progressives are really underestimating how many, especially during times of like economic strife, how many business owners hear something like, oh, corporate liability protections and think like, I don't know what's so wrong with that. Mm. And I wonder if progressives i mean if if the point of like a progressive movement is communicating the idea that we we make individual small individual sacrifices for a greater good i think that this particular issue is one where i'm starting to try to look at in a little bit more nuanced way and just see what other people might see and like these aren't when people are talking to their friends about their vote and who they're going to vote for they're probably not saying outwardly like well i think that corporate liability protections might be better for my business but do you think that progressives and Democrats are messaging our opposition to this effectively? I, when you were speaking, it really brought me to a point or like, I guess the way that the American dream has like been so diluted. It's like people really see that like if you're poor, you're lazy, you're wrong. If you're rich, you're, you work hard. And if you work hard, you will be rich. So people more likely are more likely to associate themselves with like, I could be a billionaire one day, or I could be a millionaire one day, you know? So I think the corporate liability thing is, might be one of those things where, like you're saying, like, it's a possible that people can see, um, people are probably like, yeah, I own a small business. I own like a donut shop with five employees. Like, I don't want to get sued if someone gets COVID and I don't have, they don't, they're not seeing it Mm -hmm. as like Tyson chicken is not giving their people PPE. They're not separating. They're like over whatever to get more money. And they can never get sued. To work in like, exactly. They're not seeing that. And like, yeah, that is a, that could be considered a failure of, you know, Democrats is like trying, 
you know, it's hard because it's like a lot of de the Democrat time is so big. So a lot of people really do believe in capitalism and these all these things. So it's like if we're highlighting that corporations are exploiting people, you know, mm -hmm. then um, would that hurt their agenda in the long run? I don't know. But yeah, th that's yeah. something really interesting that you brought up. Yeah, I, I do think that's a really interesting point. And I feel like I mean, I think we've talked about it. This is on the podcast before, but Republicans are like better PR people. They know how to come up with a catchy way to say to make the thing they want sound really good and the thing that we want sound really bad. And I don't I feel like sometimes progressives like. We can't we there is something to the like intelligentsia liberal elite thing. And we assume sometimes a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. as we're talking to people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we have these small business owners who are like, OK, I'm voting Republican because I want to get back to work because I'm struggling. And I think progressives assume like assume that they're making connections. They're not like we need to go to that person and say, no, actually, what we need, like you actually just need to be supported by the government mm -hmm. to stay closed. And we mm -hmm. agree that you should not be struggling and we don't want you to be struggling, but mm -hmm. we have a different solution and here's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just tough because, yeah, it really reminds me of like kind of Hillary Clinton and the coal miners thing. Mm -hmm. Like, tr you know, Republican, yeah, like Republicans are good at PR because they don't care about lying to people. They don't care about inciting hate. They don't care about the long term effects of what they're saying. They can make these short term promises and make these short term things without thinking about the effects because they it helps them then. Right. So like. I just think of like the coal mining example of like Trump's like, yeah, we're going to bring back coal jobs. We're going to bring better clean coal, whatever. All this shit that's just not real. And Hillary's like, no, this shit ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but then, like nothing, yeah. like, like not really explaining, like, you know, and whether people want to hear, you know, the, the truth, the reality, whatever, that's a whole other conversation of like, if you tell them, would they even want to accept the fact that we're going to lock down or that cold jobs are over or that they're closer to being poor than rich? Who knows? Like, and that's also, we can't take the blame. Democrats can't take the blame for that. But it's also just like, can we do a better job of being like, look, this is reality. Yeah. And I, it's because we can't offer the promise of being like, and this this might go away but like you said at least but we can support you we're going to invest in green new jobs and we'll make sure you have a job for your family we're not very good at like messaging that and it's so we have such a self-corrective about us where if like one prominent sort of centrist moderate makes a statement that you can sort of sense is trying to appeal then suddenly somebody from you know that's what's great about the progressive movement is there it's so big like you said but we're constantly correcting each other and frankly maybe undermining each other in our messaging yeah, uh, it's also so I, I've been listening to the, there's a really good podcast called You're Wrong About where they go into like kind of how the media. Yeah, I love I love this podcast. And they just had an episode about like the, the concept of losing your relatives to Fox News. And one of the things that really struck me from the episode is um, apparently studies have shown that like if you hear something enough times, even if you hear it in the in the context of like this is false. Like, um, like if we're talking about like 
Barack Obama was not born in Kenya. That's fa- or Barack Obama was born in Kenya is something people are saying, but that's false. If you hear it enough times, your brain won't remember the context in which you heard it. And so it just mm. it sticks in your mind kind of the same as a fact. And I think mm. Republicans utilize that often. And also another thing that they said is that when you're trying to combat ideas like that, it's better instead of debunking stuff because people don't like that and that turns them away Mm. instead of just telling people like no that's wrong you want to give them new information so the example that they gave is like instead of saying barack obama was not born in kenya you tell them barack obama was born in hawaii Mm. so it's like you want you don't want to be debunking you want to be replacing with like useful information and obviously that's not a foolproof thing but I think that that could be useful for progressives going forward and how we do our messaging. Cause I do feel like a lot of progressive messaging is about debunking stuff. Yeah. And that actually doesn't resonate with people. And you actually, and I think maybe a lot of the reason that Bernie did well as he did is I do feel like he provided a lot of new information. Like when he would give like, when he would give speeches, he, I mean, it was a joke, but he had all these statistics that he was always saying and all this stuff. And like, he was providing people with new information, not necessarily just debunking everything that they've thought. And he was really successful in getting the progressive message out. AOC is the same way. Like, like both of them are always like coming with new information and trying to give a new narrative instead of just being like, this is why all these people are wrong. Yeah. The idea that AOC Mm. doesn't have as much power in Congress because she doesn't have like big committee assignments or is a new member is I find so unconvincing the people that try to dismiss her social presence as like not really a sign of her, her impact and influence. Those people are crazy. Yeah. I mean, and something that I was noticing is like, a lot of these really radical progressive, po- when we're talking about messaging and stuff, a lot of these really radical progressive policies, you know, I look them up and they've just been all done before. Like, and I didn't even know until I looked it up, like Elizabeth Warren's like tax that she wanted, like on wealth or whatever. That was our, we already had that like 50 years ago. And the Green New Deal, like I looked into it and, you know, I don't know if it's common knowledge. I didn't know that it's, just a, it, there was the new deal after yeah. you know yeah. the depression and and I I didn't know that I feel like a lot of people don't know that or like I saw Jeremy Harris the guy who wrote Safe Play write about the Federal Theater Project and I was like that sounds super radical and that sounds super crazy and it's like no they did this like the government funded theaters and arts like 50, yeah the WPA 60 years ago. and stuff yeah so there's this just like, yeah there's this thing where it's like obviously our you know our history classes don't you know, it's a joke, like, oh, the pilgrims and Indians, whatever, Thanksgiving. But it's just like all these things that we're trying to do now that seem so radical are literally like, we already did them before. I'm yeah. like, yeah, so it's just been fascinating to me of like, why don't we do a better job of at least communicating that part? Yeah, people ignore it's like the founding message of America was that government has no place in your business. And it's like, well, they said that one time. And then if you look at everything since then, the government has been in our business in ways that help us. Like, this is not unusual. It's not like an American thing that the government does not touch us. They have played a role in our lives during very serious moments. 
For There's countries. a Reagan series on uh, Showtime that I've been watching that really like goes into how he was part of like making that shift in thinking happen and how he was able to change people from being like in the model of FDR and like believing in these social programs, even conservatives really still having a like believing in social programs and just kind of like social conservatism and stuff to like the Republican party that it is now, because Reagan really like, he really hit that like small government thing home. Like that was him bringing that message. I mean, Barry Goldwater was first, but it's really interesting to watch how he created the, the party in this, the situation that we see today. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect this is a conversation we'll be having a lot this year and next. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.